one. It is August 9th, 2022. And unfortunately, it's a sad day. There's something called psychological projection. Psychological projection is the process of misinterpreting what is, quote, inside as coming from, quote, outside. It forms the basis of empathy by the projection of personal experiences to understand someone else's subjective world. In its malignant forms, it is a defense mechanism in which the ego defends itself against disowned and highly negative parts of the self by denying their existence in themselves and attributing them to others, breeding misunderstanding and causing untold interpersonal damage. A bully may project their own feelings of vulnerability onto the target, or a person who is confused may project feelings of confusion and inadequacy onto other people. Projection incorporates blame shifting and can manifest as shame dumping. If you are new to this podcast, you have to understand that this is an apolitical podcast. We don't feel like apolitical point of views are represented fairly in the public sphere. People don't respect apolitical people. Everyone thinks everyone should be political, that you have to be political. But there's a lot of people out there, myself being one of them, that are apolitical. Diehards. We're apolitical activists. And if you feel that way, I am here to help speak with you. I'm not here to speak for you. I'm here to speak with you. You see, projection is rampant in our society today. Everything that we were seemingly told would happen with Donald J. Trump. Again, we are apolitical. I'm no longer going to say that. Everything we were told, Donald Trump, he is controlled by Putin. He is a dictator. He is racist is literally everything that is coming to fruition from the current Biden administration and Democratic Party. Now, we are seeing a realignment of the left and the traditional right. The right is becoming populist, which the establishment hates. It's the most damaging thing that could happen to an establishment. And according to the establishment, the worst thing a human can do on earth is to conspire to overthrow the state. You got to protect the state. The state. You must love thy state. Well, I don't. Okay. And I would be on any team that questions the establishment. Okay, I would be on any side of the apolitical spectrum to question the most powerful people in the world who have proven time and time again through centuries that peasants don't mean as much to society 
as the elites. And I not only disagree with that, I passionately think it's incorrect. And that peasants bring more value to this world, you and I, than any elite who is trying to impose their worldview on society through coercion, with corporate business interests, with aligning with the mainstream media to spit out a narrative. And on the last episode, we're talking about how Alex Jones should be shut down and deplatform and his patient, quote, zero for alternative media. Well, we are alternative media. And if it wasn't for alternative media, well, Russiagate may not be Russiagate. It'd be, oh, my God, Donald Trump was controlled by Russia, but it wasn't. Or basically everything or that Joe Biden would say, get the vaccine. He'd whisper it to you. He's telling you a secret that it's a 100% safe and effective. But we know that that was a relative thing to say. It wasn't an absolute percentage. It was just that in one control group that was unvaccinated, two people died. In the other control group of the vaccinated, one person died. Okay? That means you can say that he's a 100% more safe and effective. But when you say that to the public, they think you're talking about absolute terms. Like, literally, it's 100% safe and effective where nobody can have a side effect like myocarditis. And let's be very clear. There is no such thing as mild myocarditis. Myocarditis by its very nature, is severe. That is a massive inflammation of the heart that is permanent. So let's not go with these mild, it's all propaganda. And now they have raided the home of the 45th president of the United States. Do you know that raids are the last resort in the United States of America to get to the bottom of a situation? In fact, let's go right into the first clip with Alan Dershowitz, very famous law professor of 50 years at Harvard, Professor Emeritus. I believe that's how you say that word. Listen to what he has to say about this raid, which took place yesterday on August 8th, which officially, officially, according to the Jonathan Cogan show, which you know is not alternative news, it's the news because we don't lie. We don't have propaganda bullshit that we need to spew you. We are not sponsored by reincarnated Jesus by the name of Pfizer or Moderna. No disrespect. Alan Dershowitz, let's hear what he has to say. He's only taught law for 50 years. Let's see if he says that the judicial system was weaponized or I don't know any of this was not appropriate or maybe we are conspiracy theorists, which by now, you know, is fucking bullshit. Listen to Alan Dershowitz on the FBI's raid of Trump's Mar-a-Lago. 
Uh, our resident uh, attorney and expert. It cuts out a little bit, so bear with it. Sir, it's good to have you on uh, at Mar-a-Lago, the FBI at Mar-a-Lago. Um, your your top-line thoughts. We're trying to still piece together what this is exactly about. Unless they can't get the information through subpoenas and other lawful methods, a raid is supposed to be a last resort. But this administration has used the weaponization of the justice system against its political enemies. It's arrested people, denied them bail, put them in handcuffs, used all kinds of techniques that are not usually applied to American citizens. And I just hope this raid has a justification. If it doesn't have a justification, the material seized in it will be suppressed. Do you, I mean, I, any indications on your end what this is about? Or are you, are you just as blindsided as everybody else? I didn't, we didn't see this coming. Well, I suspect it has to do with some uh, investigations leading toward Donald Trump, Donald Trump and some of his uh, associates. But again, the law is clear. You don't engage in a raid unless you've exhausted all the other remedies, unless you believe that the person raided will destroy the evidence. Uh, raids are not a first recourse in America. They're a last recourse. And so uh, the government will have to show a court eventually that they exhausted all other possibilities or they had a reasonable basis for believing that the evidence would be destroyed if it was sought in the normal legal course of events through subpoena. Raids are a last resort. But today, in many instances, it's being used as a first resort. The same thing is true. With the They're supposed to be last resorts. You write a letter to the lawyer saying, please show up in front of a judge, and that's the way it usually works. But in order to get on television, they have a lot of these raids where people are arrested, put in handcuffs, sometimes put in leg shackles, bail denied. Presumption still applies, but it's applied only in theory, but not in practice. Understood. Yeah, President Trump releasing uh, uh, quite a lengthy statement on Truth Social. Uh, Here's part of it. After working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. It is prosecutorial misconduct, the weaponization of the justice system, and an attack by radical left Democrats who desperately don't want me to run for president in 2024. Just wrapping it up, he basically says what you were indicating there, that this is, you know, th- th- this is something that was not necessary, that he was cooperating. You said this should be a last resort. Maybe it wasn't, according to the president. Yes, there is evidence yep. that we're not. This is improper and it is misconduct. And we have to find out what the facts are, but we have to make sure that the shoe fits on the other foot, that we want to make sure that what's being done here is something that Democrats would not oppose if it were being done to Democratic operatives as well. I don't think it passes. Understood, understood. Okay, Alan. Interesting point there at the end. Interesting point. That it has to be something that Democratic operatives would be okay with having done unto them. Let me give you a hypothetical. Donald Trump raids the house of Hillary Clinton because she deleted 33,000 emails. How do you think CNN would have taken that? You think they would have smirked? You see, political prosecution is what happens in third world countries, in developing countries. We like to consider ourselves in the United States of America as developed. We like to say we are first world. Well, folks, we have slid back 
to the third. It's okay. Nothing wrong with the third world, but know your place. Now, if you're someone who gets overly emotional about Donald Trump because you have so bought into the propaganda of everything the mainstream media has told us forever, which has been a lie forever, the wars we got into, and basically anything that is anti-war is shunned down because the, and we know this, when Eisenhower left office, he said to be weary of the military-industrial complex becoming too powerful. So if you see people veering away from war, Trump was not pro-war. They are bad. We want to stand with Ukraine because we want to be in a war. We want Yemen to go on. Why isn't Yemen being covered anywhere? Do you know anything about what's going on in Yemen? That we're arming the Saudis and that millions and millions of kids are starving. If you're such a humanitarian, okay, since COVID, you become such a humanitarian. Why don't you care about kids that are starving every day? The amount of people who die of famine since the pandemic has increased by tens of millions of people across the world. If you're such a humanitarian, why aren't you consistent? And if you tend to be somebody who gets so emotional over the name Donald Trump, if that makes you so emotional, I know what's about to happen when I say the next thing. Ready? I'm going to catch you in your own tracks. Political prosecution is what happens in countries where there is someone or a party that wants to be a dictator and have power and control for an extended period of time. Like Putin, he poisons his opposition. We are pro-Putin. We're not pro-politics, so we can't be pro-Putin. Like Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela was put in prison because of politics. And now they raided the home of the 45th president of the United States when you just heard Alan Dershowitz say you could have sent a letter and you need to show proof beyond a doubt that those files or whatever you're trying to recover would have been destroyed. Otherwise, it is misconduct. I just caught you in your tracks. You are saying to yourselves, if you're one that gets emotional, you go, oh, my God, he's comparing Donald Trump to Nelson Mandela. Did I catch you? Because I'm not. I'm absolutely not doing that. But you wanted to jump there. You want to jump to a conclusion that satisfies your emotions and your irrational thought behavior that's been propagated by the mainstream media to ultimately have a pro-war, pro-divisive narrative. If you literally believe the news, you would think the world is so divided and we hate each other, especially in America. How many times do you go in public in a normal scenario and the person you're dealing with hates you unless you're being mean? Is it never? It ain't true, people. It's not true. There's a club for the elites. And I have to keep repeating this. You ain't in it. 
I'm sorry. I'm not even sorry. You're just not in it. You're never going to be in it. So if you're playing on this game like, oh, I'm glad we rated the 40 for the president. What about when you speak out against something that's not even close to as big of a deal as the quote-unquote establishment, and they take your liberties away, and they put you in political prison? Are you going to speak up then? What about when they come for your family? Are you going to speak up then? When they come for everybody you know, are you going to speak up then? What is it going to take? The most extreme thing they could have done is rated a president. If let me, Let's give another hypothetical. And then I'll get into some other, I got a bunch of clips and a bunch of other people to talk about. If this same thing happened to Barack Obama, what narrative would be out there? Corruption. Republicans are an existential threat. And it would all be appropriate. Because I'm not for that. So I would totally agree. It doesn't matter what the, get the parties out of here. There's elites and there's peasants. And the closest thing that represents you in the political system is a populist. Because they're anti-establishment. And I'm not saying Trump is totally that, but populism goes against the establishment. That's why they hate the Jonathan Cogan show. That is why they hate you. But just to know this is an agenda, think about typical institutions or mediums or media outlets that were normal in the past, which I'm starting to realize wasn't as crazy. And I'm not nuts that I'm just realizing this now that it was way more subtle and it's gotten way worse. Now it's obviously hit the extreme. Like it's game over now. Before you know it, if you're anti-Biden, you're going to be in political prison, which means there's going to be three people wandering the streets and everybody else is going to be locked up. Okay? I don't know anybody who's running around saying Brandon's the best president of all time. They ain't real. That's also fake news all day. The View. The View has lost their minds. They're lunatics. They will say Trump is the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity, like Dick Cheney, who now is praised by MSNBC. How backwards is this world? Dick Cheney, the warmongerer who took us to two wars, who shot a dude in the face, is praised by MSNBC. Think about that shift in realignment that is happening amongst the left and right. You got a way, you got a huge realignment. And it's fascinating. In fact, I highly implore you reading Net, The Network State by Bology. It's, I'm still in the middle of it, but it talks about this in great depth and it's very, very interesting. So let's get into a clip just to give perspective on how things used to be only a decade ago. Donald Trump used to come on The View. If you watch The View now, you would think that if Donald Trump walked, they would pull out their, they wouldn't have guns, so they'd probably pull out their knives and stab him, like, like in England. You can Google that too, stabbing uh, in England. Every single day there's one, okay? And then we're going to get into so much other stuff. But watch this little clip of The View. It's a, it's a nice mashup to give perspective on how there's an agenda at play. Because it wasn't long ago when they loved Donald Trump. It's three minutes. No, it's like two minutes, 30 seconds. 
highlight compilation of trumping on the view to realize how things were and how what they've come to be now. How did it feel like when they really attack you? They do a hair they job. Really the hair was the hair hair. Excuse me, you attack my hair all the time. I got you. See, you were worse than they were. No, no, you were worse than they were. You know Barbara, it's it. You know what? Look, it's real. It's really mine. You know. <laughs> He knows how to get to me. It's Strange things happened over the last couple of years. It's called Twitter. And yeah. I have this account with millions of people. Right. And yeah. I've got all these people. And I used to say I want to own a newspaper. This is better. Are you a birth well, Donald? Okay. Something on that birth certificate that he doesn't like. Oh, my God. Donald, I love you. Donald, I'm telling I love you. you too. I think that's the biggest pile of dog mess well, I've heard. And... Donald Trump is a billionaire, a real estate mogul, and a television star. But does he really want to add president of the United States to his resume? A lot of people would like him to. I think the country is doing so badly, they want somebody that's going to help it. I think the country has never been in a position like it is right now. It's being ripped off by every nation, every intelligent nation in the world, whether it's China, they're taking our jobs, they're making all our product, and then they loan us back the money, we pay them interest. That is Whether crazy. it's OPEC, OPEC, which is, I mean, they're having a field day right now. I think people want somebody now that's going to protect them and protect this country, because we're not going to be a great country for long if we keep going the way we're going right now. When, when we have Barbara, George Bush, he gave us Obama. I'm not a big fan of George Bush. I'm not a fan well, of Obama. Talk about what, who I gave, know, who I know, Whoopi. Because well, they're going to get Whoopi's vote. If you, okay. if you did, if you did, let me just ask, if you did be. Uh, she likes me. She, she put me in a movie. She put okay, me in a movie. Yes, yes, right? yes, right? yes, yes, how much did I judge? Nothing. Like the right? in the There's nothing you haven't been successful at. You're a great character. You're a great friend of ours. We don't know whether you should be president, but we do. Interesting, right? These are the same people telling you that Donald Trump is the closest thing to Adolf Hitler. Whoopi will say that the Republican Party are Nazis. She had them in her movies. They're hugging. They're saying how much they love each other. There's a stronger propaganda agenda at play, and it's against you, the peasant. How many times do I need to repeat this? It's not my narrative. It's my observation of human behavior and pattern recognition. It's my gift. It is the only thing that I'm good at. And it, I don't know why I'm good at it. Maybe it's a way I was raised. Maybe it's innate to some degree. But I see it, and I usually see it before other people see it. And now I'm using that to be the basis of my platform to help beings. Because honestly, if that doesn't work, my life is This is all driven out of selfish interests. This is all to make my life better, not yours. This is selfish. I want people to be good to people because I want people to be good to me. That's how this game works. There's so much. To do. I don't want to make this so long, but we got things like Bernie Sanders being briefed. His campaign was being infiltrated by Russia. Basically, every time. Oh, wow. That's a good 
good shift blame to when the real, they don't want to point to the real danger, which is, first of all, our empire collapsing from, which is within because they have our current sitting president. That is why when you hear us talk about and the president talking about, we asked Russia, 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 Russia. But now with China, we don't hear anything. Nothing. Nothing. And people get confused. They don't even know history. That brings us to the next segment. If you listen to Pink Floyd, this is an amazing interview that happened on CNN. Amazing interview about all of this propaganda from Roger Waters talking. It's a short clip, but it gives such a good perspective on the lack of knowledge people have and the propaganda that they're spewing to you and then believing it. Take your emotions out of this. Realize you're a peasant and watch and try to find the objective truth. It's a short clip from Roger Waters' interview, who's the co-founder of Pink Floyd, and this nut job talking about exactly that situation with Taiwan, Ukraine, Russia, China. Take a listen. Well, he's fueling the power in the Ukraine for a start. That is a huge crime. Why won't the United States of America uh, encourage Zelensky, the president, to negotiate, obviating the need for this horrific, horrendous war? But you're you're killing. You're blaming. We don't know how many you. But you're blaming the party that got invaded. Come on, you've got it reversed. Well, that's you. You know, any war. When did it start? What you need to do is look at the history and you can say, well, it started on this day. You could say it started in 2008. Okay. It's basic. This war is basically about the action and reaction of NATO pushing right up to the Russian border, which they promised they wouldn't do when Gorbachev negotiated the withdrawal of the USSR from the whole of Eastern Europe. When you say this, then I have to say, what about our role as liberators? You of all people. Well, you have no role as liberators. World War Two. World War Two. You, you, you got into you World War Two because Come it's on. Pearl Harbor. You, Pearl Harbor. You were completely isolationist until that's sad. That devastating. I, I would argue we were always no, going to get in, and that pushed us in. But thank God the United States got in, right? You well, lost your father in World War II. Thank God well, yeah, the United States. Good, but right? thank God the Russians had already won the bloody war almost by then. Don't forget, 23 million Russians died protecting you and me you from would, the Nazi you, menace. Hey, and you would think the Russians would have learned their lesson from war and wouldn't have invaded Ukraine. Well, you, you with all your reading, I would suggest you... Michael, that you go away and read a bit more and then try and figure out what the United States would do if the Chinese were putting um, nuclear-armed missiles into Mexico and Canada. The Chinese are too busy encircling Taiwan as we speak. They're not encircling Taiwan. Taiwan is part of China. And that's been absolutely accepted by the whole of the international community since 1948. And if you don't know that, you're not Go reading and read about Go it. Go and read I about it. I love it. it. Okay. This is the problem with all the headline read. Two points I need to focus on from that. He said, the CNN guy, whoever he is, Michael, said, 
What about our role as liberators? Why the fuck do people think that the United States has this global humanitarian role as liberators? We aren't the liberators of anything, okay? Just because you grew up in an empire that puts their ass in every situation that they probably shouldn't be in, don't think that we're the good guys in every scenario. Okay, so then you're going to say, oh, well, we're better than China. Okay, that's like saying a murderer who killed six people is better than a murderer who killed four people. No, they're both bad. Yes, it's the lesser of two evils. The nation state is the fundamental problem. And the nation state is what has existed for a very brief amount of time in all of history. It's only been for the past 250 years that we've had this nation state thing. And it's all about war. And it's all about power and control, which is the same underlying thesis of every elite group that has ever existed. Call them the nation state, call them the empires, call them Pharaoh, call them whatever you want, call them Joe Biden. It doesn't matter. This is the same thing that has happened in history. That is why probably deep, deep, deep inside, it feels eerily familiar to you. That's epigenetics. I think that's why you call it. It's happened so many times in history. We recognize it because we and our spirits have lived for so long and this has happened. That's a crazy meta thesis, by the way. That might not be true. That's just a weird hypothesis I might have. Epigenetics, I believe it's called. And then what would we, he brought up, what would we do if China was loading up the putting, giving, you know, rockets to Canada and Mexico? We don't think about these situations. Things we are doing unto others, you should not want to do unto yourself. Treat others how you want to be treated. Can I give you the truth? I'm an American, or I live in America. I'm an apolitical person, but I live in this nation state of America. We are not very nice. We are not these liberators. We are not these noblest that... They are our history books because we won World War I. We won World War II. And we're living in this fake world like we have saved the world for all these decades when our power and control has gotten way out of hand. Our sitting U.S. president's administration is trying to become a dictatorship right in front of your eyes. Totalitarianism is creeping up. Take two of your privileges and take one back. Or no, sorry. Take to your privileges and give one back. Before you know it, your only privilege is you can breathe. Oh, although maybe you're not supposed to breathe because of COVID. You never know. Which brings me to the next one, the hypocrisy, the corruption. And it keeps happening again and again. All the corruption that we know now has happened in COVID is resurfacing with monkeypox. Another show of the control and power of the nation state all out of whack not caring for the peasants. If you really were the one that believed that your nation state loved you so much, all they cared about was protecting your health, then why are they giving contradicting statements during monkeypox? They're saying, don't go out during COVID, don't breathe because we want to save your life. And now with monkeypox, which is spread from basically man-to-man sex, gay sex, orgies, they're saying, don't stop doing that. You don't want to stop doing that. Have more orgies. Spread even more. 
What? If they care about your health so much, wouldn't they say, hey, maybe don't do that? No, no, no. We want to encourage it because we love marginalized communities. We just totally fuck them in the end. Just like gay people put fuck their ass and get monkey pox. We're honest on this podcast. Don't hate us for the truth. Hate the news that is trying to coerce you into doing shit you don't want to do because you live in a state of fear. God, there's so much I want to share. And I, where's this? This is a really good little rant about the distrust of the nation state through public health, which we all know is messed up. This is Sagar and Jetty. This is from uh, Breaking Points. We've shared a couple clips from it. Not too long, but it clearly shows the double standards proving that your country doesn't give a damn about you. The only person who cares about you is you and your close loved ones. Everyone else has self-interest that they're trying to play out. If you don't see that by now, honestly, you're the conspiracy theorist. ignited a massive debate amongst the public health establishment who find themselves so captured by woke ideology they seem unable to actually just admit the truth and are igniting mass panic they are also risking gay men's lives and beclowning themselves even more after covid which many did not even think is possible best on display is in the debates happening right now amongst public health officials at the cdc and in major american communities that have large gay populations where they are having a vicious debate whether to recommend to gay men to limit their number of sexual partners in the time being. Now, this is peculiar for a number of reasons. Number one is why should it be a debate literally at all? As we know, transmission overwhelmingly occurs between gay men. Transmission also appears to be concentrated and clusters traced back to group sex events. In such a case, the solution is clear, as they literally admit, quote, Public health authorities typically emphasize safer sex over abstinence to prevent the spread of diseases that happen through intimate contact. Standard operating procedure, any disease that spreads through sex. You tell the public how it transmits, you issue guidance. If people want to heed that advice, that's on them. At least they have the information. But somehow, because monkeypox spreads amongst gay men, it's different, according to these folks. According to the California state officials who are actually heading up monkeypox response, quote, if people want to have sex, they're going to have sex. He adds that he knows people who normally go to sex parties who will not. People will make their own decisions about their risk levels. Now, this is interesting, is it not? This official is saying that with monkeypox, it's okay to admit that people will assess their own risk levels and make their own decisions. The city of San Francisco, for example, declined to shut down a gay fetish festival in the city where they suspected group sex would occur. Instead, they disseminated information to attendees on how monkeypox spreads. To be clear, I support this messaging and this approach. I think people are free to put themselves at this risk if they want to, as long as they know what the risks are and the information. But, and this is the biggest but, Compare this to COVID. The public health establishment asked all Americans to undertake overwhelming lifestyle interventions, pulling kids out of school, staying home, shutting down our economy. We refused to admit for a single second it was okay to let people assess their own risk levels and instead demand that Americans wear masks for nearly a year, even after they got a vaccine. So consider how much you were asked to do to prevent the spread of COVID. But now, apparently, when a disease is overwhelmingly affected, a so-called marginalized group, then we all have to get very sensitive about language and have to be mindful of their advice. Consider this. At the height of the pandemic in June of 2020, the New York City Department of Health put out a guidance for its millions of residents to practice safer sex. 
That included wearing a mask, not kissing, and not engaging in any intimate relationships with people. They literally had no problem advocating for both safe sex and abstinence in the case of a respiratory disease. They didn't even think twice about it. But this disease, which overwhelmingly spreads through sexual transmission, is not getting the same treatment. All anyone wants in this country is just to be treated equally. Gay men are adults. Like all adults, they deserve to be treated the same, without some ridiculous notion that by acknowledging basic facts around this disease, that it will somehow turn the entire U.S. population homophobic overnight. To see the contracts in real time is just stunning. It gives zero confidence that the public health establishment can ever, and I really mean ever, be trusted again in our current lifetime. Be watchful of how they are handling themselves as monkeypox continues to spread, because the more they set the standard that different subgroups of the population are somehow treated with more sensitivity or care than other different standards, what we can tell other people to do and what not, the more they're going to shred credibility in the future. And I can be sure of this. The next time they tell us what to do, by default, it's just going to be no or prove it to me or I don't believe you. And that's just not a good place to be as a country. I just think it's incredibly hypocritical, Crystal, the way that. All right. Interesting, right? Interesting. I was thinking about this yesterday, and I know I mentioned the last Padraig on Tedros, the WHO lead, the head guy, who doesn't have his jab, his inoculation. I was going to pull up that video because you may not believe me. Do unto thee, but not for me. Do you smell the bullshit yet? Do you smell the corruption yet? What's it going to take? There is a rising authoritarianism in our culture. And if we don't speak out, I guarantee you there's a point where it's too late. But you can never overcome the people. You can never take out the peasants if the peasants come together and realize that fighting with other peasants isn't very fucking productive and that fighting with the elites is the only productive thing one can do. There's only two parties, and it ain't red, it ain't blue, it ain't Republican, it ain't Democrat. It's you versus Klaus Schwab, the peasants versus the elite. And if you don't notice that yet, you're a conspiracy theorist. Come on, come on. You know, the 45th president of the United States came on CPAC this past week. And I think he actually spelled it out pretty honestly. Something we don't get very much these days. He talked about if he just shut his mouth, everything would stop. This is how it would end. You take a listen. Decide for yourself in this minute, 40 seconds, if you think this is true. Get rid of your emotions. And just think, as a peasant, for the peasants, by the peasants. Never forget everything this corrupt establishment is doing to me is all about preserving their power and control over the American people. They want to damage me in any form so that I can no longer represent the hardworking citizens of our country so that I will no longer get a 99% approval rating from CPAC. I heard Matt protested. He said it can't be eight. It came out at 98. This is a story. I don't know if it's true, but Matt will tell you someday. He protested. He said, that's ridiculous. It can't be. So they went back and they checked all the facts and it went from 98 to 99. Is that a true story? 
And that was McLaughlin. You know, that's a great, legit firm. That was McLaughlin. He said, can't be that's too hard. Does it look right? We'll check it again. 99. But they don't like that. The other side doesn't like that much, man. And the fake news media is totally complicit in all of these things that are happening. If I renounced my beliefs, if I agreed to stay silent, if I stayed home or if I stayed in my basement, the persecution of Donald Trump would stop immediately. That's what they want me to do, but I can't do that. And I will not do that because I love our country and I love the people of our country so much. He's right. It would stop. It would probably stop. It's a fascinating time to be alive. It may not be good, but it's fascinating. So now we talk about being silent. Have you seen this clip from the Alex Jones trial? I should have played this. But what does this make you think about? You know, if Alex Jones is so bad, talking about Sandy Hook maybe not being real, if Donald Trump is the biggest threat to our democracy of all time, why don't we investigate the claims, or not even the claims, what Alex says in this video? It is hilarious. This went viral. If you could see it, it's hysterical. Joe Rogan's in it like he's from the side, like, uh, you know, calling the UFC fight like it's a fight. And then they go nuts. Just listen. It's hysterical and there's truth to it. One of the things you've been talking about on your show is your allegation that government officials are aiding in pedophilia, child trafficking, and the grooming of children. Right? What do you mean, like, what Jeffrey Epstein did? <laughs> <laughs> They're showing Joe Rogan freaking out from the sidelines. <laughs> we, by the way, Alex Jones talked about Jeffrey Epstein like 10 or 15 years ago. Don't worry. Bill Gates only went there 37 times, not 40, only 37 times. Definitely takes his his advice on mRNA. In fact, I would like for us to have a live show of Bill Gates and Albert Bula from uh, from Pfizer, and we put mRNA mRNA up their nose and in their ears. Honestly, I would like to fill up their face with mRNA and just see if it's safe and effective. That's all. The videos I've seen are just sad. The phone call. With a dad calling the pharmacist because the seven-year-old kid now has myocarditis. And they said, you 20% die within five years, now needs a heart transplant. It's so fucking sad and it pisses me off. I would like to put Alba Bola on stage and Bill Gates on stage and Joe Biden on stage and put mRNA in their eyeball. Just see what happens. Just want to make sure. Little case study. I mean, this is, do you smell the bullshit? Do you smell it? Everybody is trying to inform you. If you don't want to listen, that's okay. Because we believe in freedom of thought, independent thought. But what if I told you, you still do not smell the corruption. What if I told you there was a gentleman who has donated over $20 million over the past two decades to the Democratic Party? 
He also is vaccinated with two doses of Moderna. He told other people it was 100% safe and effective. They're going to great lengths. And his friend, in fact, I'll let you hear in the clip. But $20 million, and now he cannot get his congresswoman or anyone in the party to even take his call. Think about that. One of the largest donors to the Democratic Party can't even get his calls answered. If that's not corruption at the highest level, what do I need to show you? Take a listen, watch for yourself, make your own determinations with your independent critical thinking skills. What they don't want you to use, we highly encourage you to use. Whatever they say is bad is probably good. What they don't want you to do, you probably should do. Because if you stay in their box, you can never achieve all those goals you wanted to achieve. Because that's their goal. To keep you as a dumbed down peasant to do their work while they run away with all the money and go to the bank. There's a lot of things I want to cover with you here. Uh, The first of which caught my attention, your team sent this over, um, is kind of a Interesting thing where you say that the American left or the Democrat Party no longer shares your values, uh, that you're a $20 million donor to the Democrat Party, and that you might jump ship. I'm super interested in this. Tell us about it. Well, it's I can't speak to any member of the Democratic Party. I mean, I've given over $20 million, uh, to the party, um, say, in the, the last 20 years, and I can't get a a return phone call. I cannot get anybody on the phone to talk about what's happening with the vaccine that I've uh, contributed to, or, you know, even candidates uh, that I haven't, nobody will talk to me in the democratic party. The only return calls I get are from people like Senator Johnson in the Republican party. And no Democrat will want to face uh, the facts about the vaccines and the safeties and the safety signals that are in in plain sight. And we can't even have a discussion. We I, I can't even try to get a meeting even with doctors uh, to to talk to them. So nobody's returning my calls. So if they're going to ignore me, I'm going to ignore them. Yeah. And so just interestingly, you know, over $20 million given to Democrats last 20 years. Why do you think that it's more people on the center right or conservatives that are willing to entertain just some sort of let's say, heterodox opinion on the vaccine than people on the left of the Democrat Party. Why do you think that is? Um, I think the people on the left are much more trusting of authority. And that's what gets you into to real problems here because, uh, you know, I was trusting of authority too. Right? That's why I got uh, my two doses of Moderna back in, in March uh, of 2021 when it first rolled out because I had complete trust in the authority and the government. And I think that's probably true of a lot of people on the left. They have this, this, this trust. And what broke the trust for me is when a friend called and she asked me if the vaccine was safe. And I said, well, of course it's safe. It's perfectly safe. It's safer than anything else you've, you've in, in history. There they're like really going overboard to make sure this vaccine is safe. And, and I asked her, why are you asking me that question? 
And um, she said, well, she had three of her relatives who died a week after they got the vaccine and they were perfectly healthy before that. And so I said, but that's impossible. The vaccine is perfectly safe and effective. There's that what you just told me is impossible. And then she said, yeah, but they're dead. And that just stopped me in my tracks, right? Because there's no way you can respond to that. If the vaccine was safe and effective, that anecdote is impossible. Or let's just say very unlikely. And then a week later, one of my, uh, the vendors that services my home came and, you know, showed up in a mask. And I asked him, hey, what's with the mask? Haven't you gotten with the vaccine program? You know, so I'm still a believer. And uh, he said he had a heart attack two minutes after he got the vaccine. And he has been in pain, severe pain, ever since he got the vaccine more than a year ago. Now, this is, this is like two black swans in a week. And then I started looking at the VAERS data, and that's what uh, red-pilled me. And now, you know, it, it's unbelievable that you cannot talk to anybody, not a single person on the, in the Democratic Party. I mean, I can't even get on a phone call with you know, where my congressman is Anna Escher. And she has these phone calls every week. And she says, hey, there's no censorship at all. Uh, well, I'll take any questions at all. And I know how to get to, the, to be first in the queue, the call queue. Guess what? I'm never called upon. So even when they set it up and they say, oh, no, no, we don't censor anyone. We're completely unbiased. They basically know what my phone number is, and they won't take my, my, my questions. So you can't even get in on the town hall. It's impossible. I have been trying for over a year to talk to any member of the Democratic Party and I have been met with silence. You see why I take such a strong stance on censorship? Censorship is to prevent you from getting the information to assess the situation and make the best decision for yourself and for your loved ones. That was Steve Kirsch. He is the founder of Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. Steve Kirsch. Do your own research on him. He's got a great substack, by the way. Censorship has a slippery slope. That's why on the last podcast episode, I was so passionate of standing up for Alex Jones in, the, in, in, in protecting free speech, saying that what he said was wrong. No one debates that. But you can't censor. Because once you censor, you censor a little bit more. And if anything has been proven in the past couple of years, you give a little bit more power to the centralized authorities of the government and they take more and more and more. It never stops until you are a complete slave. Yes, a complete slave. If you haven't noticed, you've already been in a psychosis for the, your whole life. And now you're just waking up to get out of it. So you've been up in enslavement. You just didn't know it. You had independent thinking within a confined box that the government created. An artificial box that you should think within. That's been a bunch of bullshit. And that if you think outside of it, you may become too successful and rival the power of the government. Or a group of people will rise together and be of equal power. People who are in power want to stay in power. People who have control want to stay in control. 
This is how it works. And if someone's a threat to someone's current power and control, they will go to any lengths to shut down the opposition that has the highest likelihood of challenging them, which now in this case, which is funny to say, but it happens to be the Donald Trump <laughs> um, movement, a fucking real estate developer who said, you're fired, <laughs> is the strongest opposition. It's hysterical, but it's true. And I'm not here to say you should stick up for, for Donald Trump. I'm here to encourage you to stick up for yourself. Because once you lose all your privileges and your so-called freedoms, it is so difficult to get back. And now with the advent of and the innovation of AI and machine learning and how efficient you can censor and silence people, it will be harder than ever before to get freedoms back. There will be no more difficult. This will be the most difficult of times to get those freedoms back. And I am not willing to sit by and watch them dissipate and just totally disappear. If they do, I want to know that I did everything in my power to protect them for myself. And it is my duty to encourage you on the Jonathan Cogan show to do the same because I want to keep mine. I can't do this shit by myself. I need some, I need some help, yo. What do you mean? What do you think? I'm going to take on the establishment. Are you out of your mind? I need millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions and billions of peasants. Like come join the team. I can't do this by myself. I'm not a nut job. God damn. God, there's so much to get into. I really just, I could just talk for hours about this. I hope you're awakening. I have faith you're awakening. I do have faith in you, unlike the establishment. I truly believe in you, unlike the government. I think that there are no bounds and you have no limits for how much you can achieve in your life. If you are someone who has been hurt by this creeping dictatorship and totalitarianism, and maybe took advice and something bad happened to you. It ain't game over. You can overcome anything if you want to. It isn't up to Bill Gates. It isn't up to Albert Bola. It isn't up to Joe Biden. It isn't up to the United States government. It's truly not. It's up to you. Either you can see and let them take it, or you don't. That is up to you. Your freedoms are in your hands now. You can let them disappear or you can stand up for yourself, but you can't have both. And if you stay quiet for long enough and they come for you and there's no one left, sorry, can't help you there. Maybe they'll play the Jonathan Cogan show in prison. I don't know. I highly doubt it. I'm definitely going to try. Maybe I can get sponsored by... There's probably going to be only two sponsors, the United States government and Pfizer. And I'm going to try and get both of them. I need a, a biz dev sales team or something, you know? All right. I, I, I wanted to get into Julian Assange too and, and how they're, they're – it's been exposed that they've tried to 
plot against killing him because he exposes the government and is a journalist and publishes stuff, which is funny because I raised a question on Twitter like two days ago being like Julian Assange has historically been like a hero to the left, to the Democrats. However, that same group of people are very pro-censorship. Do they now love Julian Assange and also love censorship in the same way they love mandatory vaccination, but my body, my choice when it comes to the birth of a fetus? The contradictions are so insane. You have to realize what the propaganda is doing to you. The only way they can, it's going to become more extreme. I mean, that's already pretty extreme of brainwashing. This isn't to say either one is good or bad. They just are so contradictory. They can't align. So people immediately become angry when you bring that up. They immediately dismiss you. They immediately call you a bad name. They never address the situation because it ain't logical. That's what's happening. This could happen on the right or the left traditionally. It doesn't matter. It just so happens to be the left now. It has happened on the right before. But you know where it never happens? In the apolitical party. Because we don't look at political stuff through a political lens. We look through politics from an apolitical lens. And that leaves us unbiased. And that leaves us free. And I will die on this hill for my freedom. And I need your help, man and woman, and whatever you are, I need you. Rise with us. Come together. We're creating a movement before your eyes. But don't trust your eyes. When someone says don't trust what you see, you should probably go to the other team. I'm telling you to trust what you see. And you see corruption. You see fucked up shit that needs to be fixed. Come join the movement, and let's push forward together, baby. And let's. Stay free. God bless.